Before we start today's podcast, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in to the Second Citizens podcast and ask a favor of you if you have a second. Give us a five-star rating and a review on whatever your streaming platform of choice is. I know you're saying, wait, I have to give you a five-star rating? Well, I mean, that would be nice, but I'll make you a deal. You give us the five-star rating and then really say anything you like in the review. Be as mean as you can. I I don't mind. I can take it. And it'd be worth it for that five-star review. And now, our episode. people are hired as a cast member of a Second City show, they're only contracted through the run of that single show. But by and large, the expectation is that a cast member will stay for several shows. It makes sense for everyone by limiting the amount of turnover, creating stronger bonds with the cast, and letting the performers build on the lessons of the previous shows. Now, there have been a few instances where a cast member didn't work out, or a new director wanted to go in another direction, or perhaps they just got mad and punched a wall and quit. It's a shout-out to our first guest, Dan Backedall. Listen to that episode if you haven't. Now, today's guest, Megan Grano, only wrote one show at the ETC Theater before moving to L.A. Now, I'm certain she could have done more shows if she desired, and at the time, the decision was certainly an unusual one. But looking back on it, there was a lot of practicality in that choice, and recent years have seen many more Second City actors choose the path of getting it on the resume and then moving on to bigger things. A side note on the resume topic, as this has been a pet peeve for many Second Citizens for years. So just so you know, 99% of people who put a Second City show on their resume are not actually Second City performers. They are much more likely people who took classes and did a show at the end of the class. Unfortunately, 99% of people in the entertainment industry outside of Chicago do not differentiate, thus sullying the brand for the few people who actually did earn money there. Back to Megan who was not simply breezing into Chicago to add the Second City notch to her belt before moving on. Now, she had written many, many, many sketch shows in Chicago's over the years and actually performed on the main stage review, War Now in its fourth smash year, for six months as an understudy to Mary Beth Monroe, who was in the show for about two or three months, I think. So, Megan was more than ready to move on to whatever was next without the ETC. But Megan Grano wanted a stage and actually said as much to the producers— And even after getting an answer that might have turned others away, Megan's hard work, stubbornness, and perseverance, which, by the way, every female performer at the Second City has had to have those those traits. But Megan's stubbornness, perseverance, and hard work led her to the ETC stage, where she immediately made her mark, proved her point, and got on with her life. Now, I want to add that this was a difficult... And in some ways, easy intro to write. I have a lot of information on Megan. I've directed some of those sketch shows I mentioned. But I have already given a speech about Megan that I don't think I'll ever top because it was as the best man of her wedding because she's married to my brother. Yes, this is yet another person who I'm related to. But I promise this is the third and last person who I was either married to or someone in my family was married to at the Second City. And so with that... I bring you Megan Grano. <laughs> it's like a family show. I and again, I've mentioned that. Michael McCarthy even, <laughs> yes. who I've said many times probably would have been hosting this show if he was if he hadn't passed away. Yes. Uh, but he was married to uh, my ex-wife. So it's crazy world. You keep it in the family. I, I do. Like I do. You know, I like funny. And, uh, you know, I got to say, I put an unusual premium on funny, unfortunately, and Why is that unfortunate? It's not unfortunate. Well, because sometimes like, you know, sometimes putting funny ahead of other things, you know, you you can see this in the entertainment industry at large. You know, Woody Allen is, you can't say his movies aren't funny. Not everyone likes them exactly, but you you can't say that there's not some comic value in this material he did. But, you know, it, it comes to like, can I watch those movies? I really haven't. It hasn't come up. But if Sleeper comes across on the TV, which no one really shows it anymore, but I don't know what I'm going to do there. That was at one point like a top three movie in my life. Yeah. So valuing funny over all other things, you know, can, can, yeah, I understand. you know, like, yeah. like, like, um, Louis C.K., for example, 
who I think is super funny. Yeah. Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Super funny. But then there are other things that are coming in and that comes less out of being a funny person and more out of being a powerful person. Yeah. And I, the one thing I don't really like is powerful people. I would say that's accurate about yes, you. <laughs> yes, That's just kind of a rule, and that's, you know. That's good. That's why that, I'm hosting podcasts yes, uh, yes. as I approach 50. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, uh, there are a few things I want to talk about, and again, I, I, I we're going to go through your your kind of life up till seconds, not, not, not before, you know, Chicago and yeah. stuff, but how you found out about it. And I was actually present for much of it in that, yeah. I knew you before my brother did. Yeah, you were my first coach. Of improv. And I reference you a lot because I will talk to people about the notion of, um, as you know, this is way, way off topic, but I sometimes do um, coaching for people. Oh, sure. But that's not off topic because it's also one of the few like payable translations of an improviser. uh, Yeah, of what we do. And so working with some people who are doing broadcasting. Yes. And I I have to talk to you later about some of those people because you've gotten contact with sports people. They're really cool. Yeah, they're awesome people. But we have talked about something that when you were my very first director, now you probably don't remember this, but I always tell people this from our, it was Garbage at the time, I think. Sure, Garbage. I I was thinking of Garbage just the other day because there's a band called Garbage. Garbage just the other day. Yeah, but they didn't, they didn't. Change the name. They're just called garbage. I like that garbage is like a fancy was, way to yeah, say it. Yeah, accent aigu. Yeah, yes. it was really nice. The, you said it was one of the earliest rehearsals I was at, and I was new to the team. So this is another yeah. thing that's interesting in the improv world is you can either be there at the genesis of a team or you're added later. And I came in pretty late. Sure, So yes. there was this nice gelling that had already gone on between the team, and then I was coming in. And I found in that first rehearsal I could not get in. Like, I just couldn't into the- get my, my voice into the mix. Yes. And whenever I came in, it, I, I finally, like, made myself say something. It was very stupid. It didn't help the scene. And you, rightly so, as the director, were like, why'd you just do that? <laughs> and I was like, because I had to get in. And you were like, ah, yes, yes. Good. Okay. Let's keep going. And I have always thought about that. And I'm telling these broadcast people that like when you're on air, you're talking about a game and your co-host is going nuts. You can't let them give and st- take stifle is your both voice. parts. Yes. And, yes. and what will happen. And I have I, my, my theories on yes. And have kind of transformed oh. as I've become more anti-capitalist <laughs> where you do these workshops or whatever. And you're talking about yes and and everything, and it's amongst you know the boss and all his employees. But when when the improvisers leave, I don't think it's the employees saying to the boss, "Hey, yes and." It's the boss saying to the employees, "Remember that yes and that we took, oh, that yes yeah. and exercise yeah. we took." And I don't know this per se, yeah. but I know human nature, and I also know people who you know have taught yes and at Second City who've never performed improv, yeah, and how they might misapply it. Totally, totally. Uh, and in other circumstances, not just there, all these corporate workshops. And so it can then be used as kind of leverage of like, hey, guys, you're not yes anding me. Totally. And a, and a boss and an employee would never say that to their boss. I would, which is why I don't last as an employee. <laughs> a lot of times. Uh, that's the one. That's the one. Reason. That's one reason. Yes. So uh, but let's get back because all these things are going to yeah, come up yeah. uh, through just naturally, I think. So we'll start where. Even before the second city, Detroit. I've already had three people, counting you, who moved to Chicago from Detroit oh, yeah. before Second City Detroit was a thing. Uh, Tim Meadows and Mark Beltzman and yourself. And there are others who kind of made that, that pilgrimage. So there is like, you know, there's a contingent what, over like, the what years. What do you mean before it was a thing? Like before Tim- Second City Detroit was actually in Detroit. Oh, when I was coming up in high school, that's how I became aware of Second City. It was there. It was there then. Yeah. So I knew. I keep forgetting how you <laughs> I knew and what loved because I went, we had nothing to do. You sure. know, you're so you a actually, teenager. oh, this is, I yeah. didn't know that you saw Second City Detroit. Yeah, I hung as out a with teenager. Them. Um, Angela Shelton, like, taught at my high school. I got her to come teach at my high school. Uh-huh. And I knew, at least, like, I knew them. And I think they remembered me later. later. Sure. Jerry Minor and Colin Ferguson were there. Uh huh. Uh, when they started Second City Detroit. And like I said, I went every weekend. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So you were there right from the... Oh, that's interesting. And so I knew Larry... I knew... I watched Larry. I watched Terry Funk. Joe Campbell. Yeah. And the Funk. Yeah. Uh, Trey Stone. That's right. Trey they Stone were all, started there, yeah, too. Yeah. They were all there. So. And, and all of those people made their way to Chicago. It's yes. amazing how many of the Detroit people 
came to Chicago uh, and then and then also performed on the Chicago yeah. stages. Yeah, I didn't know, for example, Mary Beth Monroe. I never saw her, but Nancy Hayden, I did yeah. know. I, right. So I don't know. I guess when I went to college, I always came back, would always sure. go see Second City Detroit. By the way, they were in an awesome location. It was so fun to go there. When they closed it, I still never will ever understand that. It was like downtown in a really great area. As I can, I, I think I can rip on Detroit being from yes, yes. from a suburb of Detroit. Well, I don't know. you know, I mean, I don't know if I can. You are from uh, what's it called? From the the what's your town? Oh, Gross Point. Gross Point. Right. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking the movie Gross Point Blank. Yeah. So that is, you know, that is a. I'm probably a, a not suburb. allowed. I'm not allowed to rip on. Detroit. You're not like you're not eight mile. <laughs> no, no. But but you're 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 as close I, as anyone I, I in this room. I spent a lot of time in Detroit. I'll Absolutely. say that. It was really, it was about a three-mile drive yeah, from I mean, our place. So, and again, it's not like, yes, a suburb of New York could be where my parents live, which totally. is 60 miles away. But you are technically a suburb because you're at the end of the train, you know? Yeah, right. right. And, but Detroit's a smaller city, yeah. even geographically. And we were right there. So yes. that's what we did every weekend. And relatively speaking, it was a great part of downtown where they were awesome. Foot traffic, such a big deal even in Chicago. Is that over by where your uh, rehearsal dinner was? No, we were, oh, that. <laughs> that was the rebuilt Detroit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the first time I think I had Detroit pizza maybe. Ooh, that it's trip good. Sometime. It's good. I love Detroit pizza. I found out later on my mother, this is, uh, let's not make this too much of a canali <laughs> pod, but my mom changed and now my mother makes incredible pizza, folks. Uh, and now Truly. my wife, Molly, uh, makes a pretty, pretty good facsimile and they both have changed to putting the sauce on top of the cheese. On top of the because cheese. Because the cheese adheres to the crust better that way. Interesting. No slippage, yeah. no slidage. So, folks, <laughs> Detroit, of Change course, innovation. You, pizza. <laughs> you know, uh, of course, the Motor City is going to have, a, you know, production line way to make your pizza better. I got it. For I sure. Got, you know, the crust, I can, I can have issues with that and everything, but the sauce on top, I, I'm. A, I like that. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a convert, convert. <laughs> So you you got the Second City bug there. Yeah, I started uh, doing those. Angela, like I said, uh, Angela taught at my, I got her to teach. And Robin Polk was another one. Mm-hmm. And they came and taught at our high school. And then I loved it. Every time home from college would go see shows. So I think that's where I saw Funk, Josh yeah. Funk and Larry Joe Campbell on those college breaks when sure. I would go. Sure. Um, like I said, I missed a bunch of people. I saw Naima Funk there. Absolutely. So Naima Woods at the time, but uh, just a lot of people there. And then I went to college and I don't know why. I always think about that when I look at a lot of the Detroiters, Detroit Second Cityers yeah. that I know, they, Second Citizens, whatever that I sure. know, they stayed in Detroit and did a lot of experience there. I decided to go to Chicago. Right. Because of improv? Yes. Okay. Well, and and I guess if you find out about Second City in Detroit and then you do just a little bit of... The, the first bit of research will yeah. lead you to Chicago, obviously, in Toronto. Yep. I have to get more Toronto people. I've had, yeah. I've had Angela. Oh, yeah. And Dave Pompey, who went up there briefly. But neither of them are what I would call Toronto. That. Right, right. They were brought from other places. Right. Uh, but back to it. Uh, yes, you quickly find out about the home theater in Chicago. Totally. And also there's other improv around there. That Did you do any improv in college? Uh, yes, North Carolina. I started my I know college you weren't going improv. to the basketball games. You <laughs> were in know. the library because it was more empty then. <laughs> they won a national title while you were there, didn't they? I don't know. Yes, they did, I think. <laughs> Go on. Don't set me up like that. <laughs> I knew of Second City Chicago. I can't remember what I was going to say. I, I was going to tell <laughs> this story. Improv in college. Oh, yeah. I started my college improv group. Oh, it, okay then. There was there had been one at UNC Chapel Hill that years before I was there, it had gone out of business. Sure, I don't know. Sure. Gone out of circulation. Improv and business. It's, it's a touchy <laughs> thing, yeah. But so my freshman year, and I had done that stuff in high school, okay. and I was like, I want to start one here. And this is way back before social media. So yes, of course. I printed out like 5,000 flyers, stuck them all around campus, every dorm. Like, oh let's God, have a 5, comedy. 5,000 flyers. Insane. That's Going like, to, remember Kinko's? Well, yeah. Kinko's. It's, uh, yes. Is it That's like one per five students, yeah. though. It's a pretty good ratio. <laughs> I, fl- I flyered that whole place to get a grand total of 20 people at this meeting who were interested in doing <laughs> okay. improv comedy. That's, a, that's an interesting, you know, that's a lesson there. <laughs> But if you and they probably those twenty people probably all saw the same five posters. <laughs> I know, such a waste <laughs> of my time. 
5,995 posters oh, never God. seen. I feel like that's the subtitle of my life is wasting <laughs> Waste. your time. I waste, but like it feels like hard work, but it's like such a waste of that's, time. That's a, that's, I think that's a uh, euphemism for life. Oh, <laughs> so, so, so much true. hard work, but so a waste true. of time. <laughs> what a happy thought. So, so you started your improv group there. I did, yeah. Also, and it ended up yeah. being really popular. It still goes on. There's been a lot of alumni out of um, that group that have gone on. Give them a plug. What are they called? I'm trying to think of who they are oh, right great. now, but they've done well here in LA. Sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. The people who've come from that yeah. group. Yes. And men and some others have made that same North Carolina to Chicago. Yep. Uh, and that's what happens. These kind of, you started your group, Molly. Uh, I don't think she started the group that was there, but she was the director of it for a couple of oh, years. Wow. Yeah. And, and I think Galavan was probably oh, in a, God. you know, like a lot of, and I've also interviewed a lot of people of our era, and I'm just in the difference between my age and yours, which is probably eight years or something. I'll take it, but no. <laughs> but it, but that's when improv started. Whose line is it anyway? Yes. Started infiltrating. Yes. My senior year, a kid wanted to do Aaron Haber, who moved to Chicago. Shout wanted out to Haber. Do, yeah, shout out, shout out to him. Wanted to do improv games, and I was like, this is stupid. And then I'm like, I'm moving to Chicago to go to Second <laughs> totally. City. That's all we did was improv games. And but, but it had kind of really started taking over because also Dell and Mick and Sharna were going to colleges in those early 90s, and it was paying huge dividends in the second half of that decade. And you are, you are totally. much of the, that totally. migration. Yeah, it was. I was totally hooked. And then I'm really grateful to a professor, John, and I'm blanking on his last name, but my senior year, he... I, I didn't, I was missing one journalism credit to graduate. I started in theater, uh-huh. left theater because of a weird incident with new, it was like this real weird. We went to the, uh, um, oh my God, I can't remember any details. I'm a great podcast guest. We were in the mountains. Especially when like, you're like, this is going to be very creepy. Uh, <laughs> turn me off theater forever. Uh, the details are fuzzy though. <laughs> Perfect. We, Your we honor, go- I rest my case. <laughs> We go to the mountains. We're working on a Carol Churchill play, Ice Cream, this much I remember. Sure, Carol Churchill. And the director is like, great. Um, Everybody is going to go to the mountains this weekend. We are going to all be naked together the whole time. And I, I... she didn't tell us that until we got there. And then I'm so she was glad like, you said she, but it's still very creepy. I was like, oh, no, I'm not doing yeah. that. And I, I left and I was like, I don't know about the theater program. I think I'm going to stick to comedy. That's so a, I moved yeah. into journalism and like. And did. good on you to separate comedy from theater. <laughs> I, I I appreciate that because, they all, you know, improvisers are plenty annoying. Stand-ups are very funny, again, but just like a 15% diagnosable sociopath rate. Yeah. And then actors, that's probably like 14%. Oh, yeah. You know, but yeah. a different kind of sociopath. Yes, yes. Anyway, so, so yeah, yes, anyways, you separated this, this from teacher, that. I, so I ended up going to journalism, and this teacher, my senior year, was like, oh, you're one credit shy. You don't want to stay a whole semester for the one credit or two credits, whatever it was. Yep. I, I'll have you do an independent study, write a paper on comedy and the business behind it and where the movement, like where it is. So sure. I, 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 I think it had to be 60 pages, and oh. I interviewed. I, it was funny to look at in my first years in Chicago because in my paper was Kelly Leonard. and. Do you still have that paper? Somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. you should find that at some but point. But it was interviewing all these people on where to live, what classes to take, what to do, and Sharna was somebody I interviewed. Sure. And I ended up, based on all of that, it really helped me figure out what did I want to do in the next year. Yeah. So I moved to Chicago. You know, something, and again, Sharna's a name that I'd love to, Sharna's one of the very few non-Second City people who I would entertain having on this podcast because yeah. she's, you know, had such a relationship for totally. so long. But it's interesting, everyone's first impression with Sharna is good. It, mine was tremendous. I was like, I she- got high with her after my first <laughs> class. Like she, she knows because she's a businesswoman. Yeah. So she sells you like all the people who come in there as teens and stuff. She's like, I'll make you a star. Like she knows exactly. how to get people initially. Yeah. And then you get to know her. And again, I have a love hate. If, if that you could put our picture in the definition of love hate. I mean, I've been kicked out of that theater countless times and then let back into that yeah. theater, which is more of a crazy thing. So. But I, it's become apparent to me because, again, a lot of our stories are around the same time right now. And and whenever someone first encounters her, she charms the shit out of She's them. She's the gateway drug into it's improv. Crazy. Yes. 
And then you realize, yeah, she's heroin. The first, yeah. the first kick's the best you're ever going to get. <laughs> yeah. The first one. All That's right. right. So like most of us, you're taking classes, I, yeah. I suspect, at this time and, and doing shows. And I know that you, I think more than the average improviser, were pursuing shows outside, you know, writing mm-hmm. shows and mm-hmm. yeah. drink break as we <laughs> take our sips. Um, you were... Writing shows outside of there, writing sketch comedy. Totally. Uh, what was the name of the one with Kim Gar that I directed? Awkward. Awkward. Loved that Great one. Great show. Loved uh, it. I was thinking of that tutu dance yes. song the other day. <laughs> Welcome to my tutu shop. I and, loved yes. that. Yes, and yeah. that's a very important thing, uh, I believe, that also happens where Second City is kind of the the, the goal there, but you, you can't get distracted and just tunnel vision on mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. And... Because you're so in love with comedy, these other shows you're loving to do, it's kind of, you're learning without knowing that yeah. you're learning. You're yeah. just trying to do these shows, and but it is kind of enhancing your training even more than the classes and everything. Definitely. You're because out it, there more, trying stuff. And it's more like what it would be when you get to Second yes. City. Yes, yes. And you were in town for, you know, what, eight, nine years, auditioning probably every yep. year or so. Yep. Nine, I think I was in Chicago nine years. Yeah. And doing shows at the Annoyance also yep. and all those places. And then you got hired on Tourco, I assume? Yep. I did Tourco three years. I now, was did Beth come to... Beth Kliegerman was the kind of producer in charge of hiring for most of the 90s yep. and 2000s. Yep. Maybe up till a few years ago or a couple of years ago. But in our time, she was there. And she would occasionally come to shows. I don't know if she came to that sketch show. I don't, rem- I don't remember. I don't think she did. I know she did come to a sketch show. I won't name any names, but uh, we all know the people. And it was a good sketch show. But when she came, one of the actors really got freaked out and had a very bad performance. Oh, no. And and it's all right. That woman became a groundling and is. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Got it. And, and and is better as a groundling anyway. Sure. But that was someone I always advocated for, and yeah. I thought and that was against her. I felt like me advocating for. Oh her. God. <laughs> I do, I do think that like it's, it's, I, at a certain point I stopped recommending people because I was like it was like there to... were like three people that could recommend that would instantly be Mick hired. could recommend yes, somebody yes Sharna would not always be listened to sometimes actually sh- she would be a detriment yeah and and occasionally she would suggest someone completely inappropriate and perhaps again <laughs> sociopathic yeah. once in, once in a while yeah but yeah there were a few people I don't even know I know Mick was one. Mick, I thought for a while Dina Fackless, anybody she said, uh, sure, could sort well, of. She was directing things. She was directing a, little bit. a ton. Yes. I guess that was later in my time there, but I thought she was somebody sure. that had big influence. Now, and they also always do give the director of a show, and we'll get to that later, you know, uh, yep. for your show. Yep. And that inf- and that affects both times that you were uh, on a stage, both as an understudy and then again yes. when you got the job eventually. They always do give. Pretty good leeway to the director, but then there are also these other suggestions yeah. of people. Like, again, I won't get into the specific details, but there were a couple years where I was off the board, and they had to ask Mick if I was back on the board to be hired. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, you don't want to divorce the most beloved actress in <laughs> Chicago. It's so crazy, but it really is, like you said earlier, like a microcosm for life or for the entertainment industry at large. Yes. That even even with what I know now, like I worked a year out here at a casting office. Yes. I got to be in there when they were casting big movies like Conan, The Barbarian, yeah. and The Help. Yeah. And seeing that whole interplay of the director wanting somebody, producers wanting somebody. And why they want yes, someone. And the way they will fascinating. just, you know, and the only game to play is to degrade the other person's choice. That's the only thing I ever saw in how a no could sweep through them. Yes. Like someone it starts out like, ah, oh, this person would be great. A couple people, yeah. And then one person introduces a vehement no, and then everyone just slowly changes to no. It's a, I, Always. It's so crazy to watch. I, I've had this happen twice where I've booked commercials, and I just happen to have a mustache right now, where I've booked commercials uh, with the mustache. You know, I said I'd shave it and everything, and they were like, no, 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 we booked you for the mustache. And in both commercials, they shaved the mustache. In one of them, I was about to go up to shoot Everyone had the mustache, and the the last person in line goes, "What? No, shave that." And that was it. And that's it. I go back. And that and was like, it. Everyone was on board oh for it, and it's just like it's that's like you didn't so... think about this earlier. No, no. And that's the whole way it is. And again, it, with the yes and yes and, and it's like you're and, not yes, yes anding me, people. I oh know. right, right. We have to yes and because we yes. took the workshop yes. that says agree with everything your boss says. I didn't think that's what the workshop was. No, that's what the workshop oh, okay. was. Yes, yes and. Thank you. 
so we're back to your. Yeah. So I was doing, I'm trying to think where we were. I was doing a bunch of shows around yes. Chicago. And, and, Improv sketch. Right. And Dina probably liked you at that time and Mick liked you at that time. So it doesn't hurt having some people in your corner. Yeah. And you auditioned. It wasn't the first time you auditioned. No. When I got hired for Turco, it was my fourth Turco audition and all together, like I always say, I auditioned eight times because it was like four auditions plus the callbacks. The callbacks, right. So I think it was my eighth actual audition that sure. I got hired for Turco. I toured three years with a bunch of different iterations over that In time. Green Co. Green Co. Right. Yeah. And, and... And I think I had, I understudied each of the other touring companies maybe a month sure. each prior to getting into Yeah, and green. we all, yes, especially in those first days when you are... I don't know how, I mean, they will tell you that they think about fit and chemistry and yeah. stuff. I don't know how much they know about that. I do think sometimes they will send a person out with all the touring companies just to kind of get a feel and feedback. I, I, I still don't know what the feedback loop is at that place. Yeah, even I when, don't either. And it's always different. And we're going to talk a little bit about yeah. some of the, how you can try to influence and how that all works. Because we all play the politics game too. Yeah. And so I think that's something where they just throw a lot up at the wall and, mm -hmm. and, and not to say there's no method, but they want a lot of combinations yes. and a lot of feedback in that way, yeah. which can be good depending on, you know, if you, if you sift it all through all the filters it needs to go through. Yeah, totally. And how long did you tour for? Three years. Three it was, years it was a touring. long time. That also led into, I loved your intro for me, by the way, that also led into me not having a huge desire to do even more time. Although my, that, that is a long time to tour. It was a tour. long time to tour. Especially and at that, you know, I believe when Turco started, sometimes there were just less spots, so people would be yes. touring for... But at this point, usually a couple years. Yeah, it was a long time. I, I loved it. I loved traveling. I loved doing all the shows. It was great. It was just... It, I was like, whoa, this is a long time to be making, you know, 50 bucks a show or whatever it was. Not, not enough to make a living. Not enough. For three years, you had a part-time job that often took you out of town. Totally. And I had other other jobs as well, trying to make it all work. And it was great. And I, I often talk about there's something really helpful about touring other people's material. Oh, you yes. learn the rhythm of comedy. It's, it's good. <laughs> I don't and know. You so many different people's totally you know, it's all second city but it's you know over the course of three years you probably performed at least 50 people's material for sure it, uh, possibly it 100 help yeah it was it was great and I you also, also had turnover in the in the group i'm guessing mm -hmm. if you're there for three years yeah. you're kind of the anchor i was at the end I started with Rob Janis yeah who it, it, Rob Janis Tom Flanagan and John Keaton we were all together Allison Bills and myself and Beth Maluski mm -hmm. were together for a full year. Okay. And okay. then it started changing a ton. Some people the got last on two the years ETC were or a lot whatever. Of, yes. yes. And and the movement. And and again, you're touring, so you're doing limited rehearsals. You're just kind of patching it all together all the time at that it, point. Yeah. And it was like you said, I feel in particular me and, and maybe you feel this too. I feel I was there at a time when the like I said, when I'm in college, it's like go to Chicago. Do this, do this formula. You'll be on Saturday Night Live, yeah. baby. But then while I was there, even like I toured with TJ Miller and he was the last in the last iteration. Right. But by that time, we had so much turnover. We had no time to even gel as a cast. Sure. But I was with TJ maybe five, I don't remember how long, mm -hmm. six months or something. Yes. He was opening my eyes. And at the time, I was so argumentative about it. He right. kept being like, like wherever we went on tour, he'd be like, come with me. Let's go do stand up also. And I'm like, no, I'm here for Second City. Right. I will not. I have a path and it's to those stages, right. baby. And he was like, I think you should work every angle you can. He's yes. like, I do stand up. I do this. Um, and then we both, I mean, I'm cutting around a little bit, but then we both got into Aspen a couple years later yes. and he had, he had done so much work already, like sure. networking, meeting people that Aspen for him was like a, to a place where he took off. Right. Cause he had set it all up he ahead set it of all time. Up. And for me, my brain was just not there. I was like, yeah. uh, like we used to have arguments about that and he was clearly right. But I came from a time where I was thinking, no, no, you just focus on this one thing and you well know. It's, uh, right or wrong it's hard to say we've talked True. a lot about how improv becomes a drug in a way and you really you know i i think jazz music is the best way and plenty of people threw their life away to, for jazz <laughs> yeah. uh, but i mean it, it gets a hold of you and you're getting good yes, at it and yes. it's uh, there's there's not many things even a stand-up 
when they're riffing, it's one thing, but it's amazing how many stand-ups are not comfortable riffing, even even so though true. they're up on stage all the time. Yes. But like when you're pulling it out of your ass and making it up and it's good, <laughs> that's impressive and it can be kind of a drug that's For very sure. unique. Endorphins, way better than Instagram likes, yes. people. But T.J. Miller, I think, was arguing for, um, for, for ambition. I'm not saying he was arguing for unbridled ambition, but there are people who come through Chicago, T.J. Miller being an example, Thomas Middleditch being yeah, another example. Yeah, yeah couple of guys who aren't really the most popular in Hollywood right now for some reason. Totally. And ambition. And I think there are people, I think a lot of times when you're ambitious about being in showbiz, it's not about loving the work. It's about the power that comes with being a celebrity. Sure. And so you find the people who become ambitious and get it and then abuse it. Well, I don't know that they were ever really interested in being like, you know, it always kind of irks me. And, and Middleditch is not a bad improviser. T.J. Miller is a stand-up, and he's kind of a little more self-centered, and it makes it hard for him to improvise. Middleditch is not a bad improviser, yeah. but he had that show, and it's like, I don't want him to be like the standard bearer of like two-person improv, because yeah. there was that- I forgot about that show, ben, yeah. Uh, with another comedian who's 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 fine, Who but again- Who was that? Uh, I can't write Anyways, I yeah, can't remember. Ben Stein, maybe, or something okay, like that, okay. and him. You know, he, he's canceled now, T.J. Uh, Miller, and, and- Is he? Well, I, I think he had some- issues yeah from I don't his even past. I don't know all of them but I really my experience with him was great like at least touring I yeah. loved him he was great and he really worked so hard it was impressive to me and you it, and it to opened, to it opened my level. eyes to like oh there's other ways and at the time the internet was sort of becoming a thing another thing that yep. I was kind of like I and don't he know was about in on it internet, earlier I think for yes. sure to so promote himself yeah he had me back in again in Chicago he's like you got to start doing videos with me and I'm like sure I'll do some and he's like I got this guy Jordan vote Roberts who's directing them and cut to like Jordan is now a major Hollywood director he directed King Kong Skull oh Island he went from you know and but I at the time was Josh really in that yes I, I was like reluctant I remember being like I don't know I mean I'll do some videos but I don't it, think there's much here. Like I, you, you and I are similar in that, like, and many people, and I, I attribute this to kind of the cult of IO, where you just improv just takes over, yeah. and you and 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 the sketch comedy, and and you're so absorbed with that community, which at that time was enough to sustain you. You had 100%. all the friends you yes. needed, and and it was all there. So that clubhouse atmosphere, yeah, in in some ways, had us turn down some things that might have been. In our benefit. Yeah. You know, I think about, uh, you know, considering not going to Amsterdam when I got hired. Or people who considered not going to Vegas when You Second considered City. not, you yes. considered it? Oh, yeah. wow. I was, wow. I was, and Susan was like, you you don't have a job. You just smoke weed <laughs> and do improv. They're going to give you a job to do improv where you can smoke weed all the time. <laughs> there's, no, like, right, right. there's no okay. logic here uh, <laughs> to stay. But but yes, again, yeah. it was I attribute that to that kind of like, oh, what am I going to miss if I yeah, go out of Chicago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So three years of touring, and then did you end touring when you came into our show? Yes, I'm right, almost positive. I don't think there was any gap. I think I went. I think I had touring, and then like maybe a week off, and straight into your so show. So maybe, maybe did they know you were quitting before you were offered the understudy? I can't remember that. All right, and just uh, to, to contextualize, <laughs> Mary <laughs> Beth Monroe, seat. who we who we mentioned, the first show I did was War Now in its fourth smash year, and that was like 18 years ago. And Whoa, something like that, oh or 17. And Mary Beth Monroe was in it. She's from Detroit. And then she left. And this happens often in a person's last show where they're like, I want to write one more show. And then they start running and they're like, I do not want to run one more show. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, a month after this person has written these parts, <laughs> they get all their weeks, reviews, yes, they get exactly. all that. And then they're gone. And at that point, you know, you can't afford for a number of reasons to just start a new show. And this has happened many, many times over the course yeah. of Second City, where a person will come in and actually perform the show longer than the person who wrote the part. Um, I came in right when they were in the transition for the show. There okay. was a few days, and I remember, here's a lesson. Who were you in for? Matt Craig. Oh, Matt Craig. Okay. Uh, who, you know, advocated for me and brought my name up, and, you know, he, he quit probably. Maybe he could have show early, but I don't mind. Uh, <laughs> and I remember when I was back to the building because I was on a boat when I got hired. And so when oh, I yeah. first got back to the building, 
one of the producers was like, oh, you know, Matt is going to be out tonight if you want to go in for him. And I was like, and I didn't have to go in for like another week. And I was like, hells no. <laughs> and, and Jordan Klepper, here we go. Here's a lesson oh, in like, yeah. yes, say yes. Not that, you know, I'd be Jordan Klepper if I had done that show that night. But Klepper, he didn't know the show. And he's like, yeah, I'll do it. And I was like, Phew. Good on you, sir. Wow. Make him the first wow. understudy for, oh my you know. God. And I was just, I'm not learning it tonight. And uh, I had also just come back from a ship and yeah. wasn't into like going. But I, I already had the yes. job. Yes. And so I was like, forget no it. No need to prove anything. No. I already got yep. the job. <laughs> and in fact, I might, uh, let's not ruin it for myself. <laughs> so this happens and you, you came in and, and I guess type, well, you're actually both from Michigan and you're uh -huh. brunettes and that's enough for Second City. Yep. And so you came in for her and did those parts for a long time. Uh, and so I want to ask about that experience. And then we'll get into, you know, the, the later parts of that process. But what is it like when you're going in for that period of time? And did you f feel like you over that time you made the material your own or adapted it? Yeah, I loved coming in. To that show, I and she had a lot to do in that show. She Big had a lot numbers. to do. She was she's fun, and I I love Mary Beth. Her energy, her fun. I often hold her in my mind today when I'm doing auditions for stuff because my <laughs> my go to for almost everything is to make it sarcastic and rude in tone. Sure. And the constant note over my entire career has been like, you can do that with a smile, you know. And I'm like, so funny, Molly Erdman. <laughs> has constantly gotten the opposite note where everything she says is with a smile. <laughs> They're like, stop. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, make another choice. And I, I went to some casting workshop a couple of weeks ago where like the casting director was like, so many comedians just choose nasty as their, as their baseline. And I was like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I am always trying to beckon more Mary Beth of like, if I'm auditioning, especially for a commercial. Yes. Like, what could I do that would make this? You're right. Because my, my attitude with most commercials is like, and you can't bring that into the room. kidding yes. me? Why am I doing this? Like, why did I drive here? Why? Why? And then I'm like, yeah, you can't bring that into the room. So I'll always try and think. So, anyways, it was it was great. I loved going in for her stuff. Her stuff is so positive and optimistic and fun. And in that show, yeah, she had a lot of like, there was some singing and dancing numbers, as yeah, I recall. Yeah, which I'm is not my comfort zone. That part I didn't, you know, it's not. But I, you know, did it anyway. It sure. was fine. Well, that's um, the other thing, you know, like <laughs> you're stretching other muscles when you're yeah. doing other people's material, like you said with touring. Yes, totally. So I had a blast. I loved your cast. Mm -hmm. Like I loved everybody in that cast. And it that was, was a fun cast. We got along really well. That was uh, Galavin, you, um, and Ithamar. Yep. And Molly, then Molly and, and, and Claudia. And we, I remember like having a really super fun Halloween with you all, New Year's. It was just, it was a really fun yes. experience. And overall, I got really good feedback. This is back um, when people were doing emails. I don't think there was even a Facebook or anything at that point. Maybe nah. there was. I'm not if sure. If there was, it was just, like it was nascent. still just rating yeah. girls at that point. Right, right. <laughs> but I got, I got very good feedback from audience members at that time. Like, yeah. it, which was great. Like I got a, a lot of random, I don't know how people would have found that, but maybe Googling or something. Yeah. No, was Google a thing? I don't know. But I would get emails. I think Google was a thing because I think r the next show, Brian brought in some Google thing. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's hard Google to remember when it, it all, it, when it all came in. But the point, the reason I remember all these emails is I printed them out when I didn't get that job. Okay. Because I had a stack, it was thick of emails that I had gotten from audience members being like, we love you in the show. And I'm like, I mean, to take the time to email somebody sure. was yes. a little above and beyond, if you ask me. Yes. And I, I never got an email like that. I, I, But I think that is a testament to Mary Beth's like material that it even shines through. Like she's just really, she's a fun person. And she's a, sh uh, a show, I'd say showman, show person, a show yes, woman. Yes. Like yes. she is, you know, has a Broadway energy. Completely. And like when I compare it to my own, one I of the say things that as a compliment. I don't want it to sound like, you know, like, no, I know, you know, because she does television work. And yeah. though it is network, which is broader than like, yep. you know, multicam, it's it's much smaller than Broadway or something. Yes. Yes. And it, yeah, she my, my I keep looking at this picture that comes up from ETC where I'm at with the towel that yes. you were saying. Yes. Like compared to my own stuff has a or even like with awkward that scene where we're wearing the towels is me taking i this was a scene i wrote and it's much more like i said sarcastic in nature yes. where it's taking 
um, three American women in a locker room being like, oh, my God, you're so skinny. You're so skinny. Oh, my gosh. It was called skinny. And then the lights would change and we would put the towels over our head and be like, oh, my God, you are so skinny. Like how the same dialogue in another country would be horrible. And American women like loved everything that really, you know. Well, I think. And, and and with the choice of star, first of all, you know, the, the, the casts are always going to have a, a variety, hopefully. But I do think if you're doing comedy that's commenting on the world, negativity and sarcasm is kind of the only way you can go. For sure. If you're observing things the way I am. For sure. The, I thought, I mean, like. The position doesn't come up so often. No, it, I'm the same way. And But the point being, the only notes I got about that were like, you are a horrible person. This is a horrible thing. And I'm like, well, you're missing the fucking point, well, man. Yes. Like, and really, it, but I never got anything like that by going in for Mary Beth. It was just like, you're so fun. Oh yeah. my gosh. And, and I'm like, it's yeah. not my material. And oh my he, she and, I'll say Galavan as well, both had this. And I've never, like, I've never had, in almost any scenario on stage, there's someone more likable than me. <laughs> and I don't mind that. I have my role, and I know it's not to be the most likable one in the show. But Brian and, and Mary Beth, in particular, yes. are just beloved. Yes. And even and, and Brian, I can think of several things that, of, that he wrote that were pointed and stuff, but yes. still he's beloved for it. The way he says yes. it, his face, Whereas, everything. Yeah. Yes, I, I would yes. write a blackout about immigrants and white people <laughs> not wanting immigrants here, but not wanting to do the jobs that they do. And I'd be done, and like the audience is just quiet as shit, and I walk off stage going satire every night. At least it got in the show. Uh, but that I would much more identify with that. Like yes. that's your. I mean, you're right. I wouldn't be writing that stuff if I didn't feel sad in some way about the world and and just be you know. I th- I think that's funny to think about. Yes, I don't know. Uh, and again, you need you need all those different perspectives there. But yes. so we ran the show, and again, we ran it for a long time. It was a very popular show. It did well. It ran for a long time for a second city show. Yes, and that was uh, the the cast was continuous after that point. So then we've talked about this many times because it happened to Molly uh, in for Jean okay. before uh, Claudia got hired, and it happened to Brendan Jennings in for me. Oh. Uh, and then they hired someone else, but he ended up getting ETC. Okay. So oftentimes they'll put someone in there. And, and again, I don't know what the feedback <laughs> thing is at Second City. I don't know if they put someone in there with the thought of testing them to yeah. see if they'll do a stage, with the thought that this is the person most like the person who they're replacing, or whatever. I, the process mm. has never been necessarily clear Me neither, or yeah. direct. But I do know, and this is something, you know, when when a new cast is being done and I don't know how it works the last 10 years but in this era we talk about politicking yeah and everyone knows there's a I think there is always and I don't know if this is good or bad a chumminess with the producers (laughs) wanting to be friends with everybody Mm -hmm. again not something I did easily in reciprocation (laughs) but you know there's this kind of like hey buddy hey buddy kind of thing (laughs) And yet, and I don't know if this is part of wanting to be liked or actually if they listen to this, but they would talk to people about casting stuff. And, you know, I advocated for a seven-person cast more than once. We actually got one. But I remember talking, and at the time, I think Amber had already been hired. I don't know if everyone knew that. Okay. But I was told that when they were doing cast stuff. And it's like, so this is the deal. So we have to work, you know. And uh, and I remember saying, I was like, look, I'll tell you who I like. I'll tell you who, you know, I won't tell you who I don't like, but, you know, I will make my points and everything. But I also feel kind of weird about it that you're asking. Yeah. And, like, for someone like me who definitely is into the politicking and stuff, I personally didn't mind it. But at that point, I had already been in the show and was starting to understand the dynamics of being in a cast and mm-hmm, everything mm-hmm. and how it really is kind of inappropriate. Now, of course, I already had the job. Yeah. yeah. So there's a difference. But once I had the job, it's like, all right, I don't want to, you know. Assume, basically? I don't want to assume. I don't want to be the arbiter. I don't oh, want yeah, the decision yeah, to come yeah. down to me. Yeah, absolutely. And I know everyone enjoyed having you in the cast and advocated for you. I also mentioned that my good friend Brad was somebody I liked. And knowing that Amber was coming in, I think that maybe that's one of the times I was like, bring in as many people as you want. Yeah. You know, as long as they're good people. 
Yeah. Now, as it turned out, at that point, they brought Amber in. Claudia, they did not bring back. Right, right. And again, I don't know if that's a director's choice. I don't know if that's yeah. a producer's choice. I don't know where that comes from. And ultimately, you know? like we were saying about casting movies, they probably don't even know. Yes. They're probably like, I don't know. Well, so-and-so said this. And it's like, it's one of those weird group decisions that yes. no one can actually own. And so do you recall, you probably recall more than I do, when that went down, were you running out the show? Yeah. And then when they started the new process? I think that's what it was. And they, they said, we're just going to, we're going to yeah. bring a different cast in. Yes, Thank yes. you very much for your work, yeah. your equity and points. They, I mean, they said from the beginning, they do that sort of like, this isn't a guarantee. They say that. But that's, what you, absolutely. what happens to you over the course of it, and this is very akin to like the groundlings process, which I've heard of a lot here, you kind of get sucked into it. Like you're like, well, I'm getting really good feedback. This must, it must be, it must go my way. I, I'm sure it's going to go my way. Well, because- Yes, Swanner thought he was going to have the job yeah. that I got. Yeah, and um, Megan O'Brien. Yep, Megan O'Brien. Uh, no, Megan. Megan. You're right. Megan. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's uh, all these O'Brien. I know. But she she went in for Molly. Yeah, and thought she was going to be in the next one, and they brought I think Lauren Ash from Toronto. Yeah, they they it definitely isn't a guarantee, but you just sort of begin to feel like I'm doing well. And when it's five months or whatever, then it becomes you 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 it's were as job. much a part of the yeah. cast as anyone at that time. And you are used to I think also the the weird trick of laughter every night, eight shows a week. You're getting all this laughter. You're like I. In, in a job like this, there's no other measure of feedback. You're right. like, I'm fucking crushing yes. this. Yes. And it, it wasn't like I came in for her stuff. And I'm sure all these people you're mentioning, it's the same experience. Like, uh, which is, I'm tangenting for a second, which has made me have an interesting problem like past Second City because I've seen two things. One, that like people can come in and crush your material after you leave. The material works on its own. Yes. Two, that many different people can do the same thing and it still works. And then three, like you can also start changing lines and it still works. Yes. And because I've seen with my own eyes all this fluidity, I'm very much more like when I have been in situations where like writing rooms, I am like, yeah, that could work. So could that. Yes. And people are like, no, no, no. We want to rank it. Yes. It has to be one or the other. And I'm like, but I can tell you from experience, both probably work. And like, again, this is the uniqueness of the Second City experience. Not many people get to try something yeah. 50 times. 50 Let alone 400 times. times. Yes, or yes. let alone 20. Yes. You know what I mean? Twice people don't often in get of, in front of yes, an audience like, like that. big, attentive So that's audiences. where you can learn things yeah. like that. Yeah. So it was, I mean, you. I think I, I just fell prey to the idea of like, I'm, I'm doing so great every night with Mary Beth's material. <laughs> yeah. But again, you're adapting it to your own and you're different than her, as you said. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're succeeding with it in that way yeah. so the thought could be well if i could succeed with someone else's material yeah yeah well what, what but, if it's specifically tailored to me but i remember i don't know like you said i don't know who made what decision right. but i remember the reason i printed out those emails at one point was because i was meeting with andrew alexander yes. because he specifically took credit in this and i don't know how much he actually sure. had to do with it but he took credit and was like i just don't think you were able to do that role. That was his message to me. It was like, you fell flat with it. And I was like, whoa. Andrew. Andrew. So I was like, I just want to have a meeting with you. And and that's why I printed out sure. all those emails. I'm like, these are not people I know. Yep. This is random feedback that right. people took upon themselves. It's very interesting that you tell me Andrew said that because he didn't often step in. And it you did not get so replaced weird. by a Canadian. That would I be know. the one thing if I was like, you want some Canadian to come in here. Uh, but that's he, curious. he told me in the meeting that he had come to one show and I knew, and I had had a cold that week uh -huh. and we, we isolated whatever date it was and whatever. And he's like, I came and, and your voice was weak. And I was like, when I was sick, still doing the show, um, because I mean, it's so weird to talk about being sick working now in the COVID era, but like, oh, yeah, yes. I worked with a cold. I totally did. We would all get, a, I mean, a cold if you, once you're in a cast. It's like school. Everyone gets yeah, cold. Yeah. And I just was like, sure, I'm going to keep working. I'm not going to yep. like call Those in. Those days are gone. <laughs> so I was like, well, um, I wish you would have come maybe one more time sure. rather than just forming that decision. And especially in, in something like you should know better at Second City, like one night to another can be Definitely. like a Tuesday night or a Friday second oh, yeah. show is so much worse than a, oh, a Saturday Friday first show. show. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 
So you get some negative feedback uh -huh. with him, but you 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 come prepared, mm -hmm. and then. Was that the discussion? Did you have a meeting with the producers after that about working on the stages? Or was that the talk that kind of you were like, oh, really? Like, I thought there was some point where there was a meeting with Kelly. I I definitely met with Andrew first and foremost to get that. Or maybe Kelly was in there too, but I, uh, I don't remember. No, I think it was mainly Andrew. Andrew. And then just, I must have either emailed or spoke to Kelly, not an official meeting, just sure. saying like, I still would like to be, be considered, considered for a stage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and you were still in Chicago at this yeah. time, but you're done touring. Yeah. So this is kind of an in-between time uh -huh. that we, many of us face, because you don't always go from touring to a stage. Yeah. I know you did for the understudying, as you said, but then you find yourself in this limbo in a way. Mm -hmm. And... Do I stay in Chicago? For me, it was a little bit easier. I had a child, which yeah. kept me in Chicago for, you know, six or seven years. Well, not all. Of, I was working at Second City for some of that. But, you know, like I wasn't going to move right away to L.A. Uh, anyway, even though yeah. I was divorced and had a, a, a kid. And so it was years and years after I toured that I finally was on the main stage. What, what was going through your mind at this point? Were you still... Doing bizcos and staying in yeah. the second. Yeah, I was doing bizcos, and then that gap year was the year we, um, with this group, Ragdolls, Megan O'Brien, Emily Wilson, Colleen Murray, and me, we got into Aspen. Which at that time, we shut Aspen down, baby. That was the last Aspen. That was the last Aspen. <laughs> we didn't know it at the time. No, but it was again another really at the time a mark of like a, a cool cachet thing to get to do a show at Aspen. Absolutely, Aspen. Julia, you know, it's an invite thing. It, uh, from, Susan yeah. uh, went there for a thing. Uh, well, actually, when Susan went and did, she just did a little like stand up bit with a puppet. Jolly, yeah. But her show was with a, a young comic named Zach Galifianakis. Oh no way! Playing oh piano, and and he just played piano and did jokes the whole time. He was amazing. I was like, who the oh fuck my is this god? Guy? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. And that's when I got engaged. All right. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh, Let me pass you some tissues. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. So, so you're kind of hanging around in Chicago or, uh -huh. or, you know, wondering what to do in Chicago, but still working and stuff. Yeah. And a little bit of time went by, I think, between... Yeah, it was about a year. Yeah. A full year. And how did... Like, was it Matt Hovde who directed yeah. your show? Yeah. So did he call you ahead of time and ask yeah. if you would want to be considered? Yep. Yeah, totally. I always ask that. It, I'm like, yeah. Uh, oh my god. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I'm I'm just sitting here. I'd rather do the jobs, you know, where I can get them <laughs> once in a while. Yeah. Uh, but I guess I have to ask. Uh -huh. and, and did he ask if you wanted to be considered, or did he say, "Do you want to be considered? You have the job." Like, was there a two-step process of like, "I'm going to bring your name up," or well, was it just like, "Would you, you know, like it?" I you don't remember it. how that happened, but I I I don't remember the specifics of that call. I had called him previously. Okay. And I had called him, I remember like I was in Cleveland doing some family stuff and I knew, I had a feeling that that show was going to be turning, turning over, over soon. And I had called him and I'm like, I, I heard you're directing the next one. Please consider me. And he's like, we'll do. Uh, and cause we had hung out at that point sure. a fair amount. I was, I'm trying to remember we played tennis uh, uh, I didn't know he, this is right, pr yeah, prior yeah. to this. We played tennis. I, his sister, Megan Hovde, yep. we had done stuff together. A She's, bunch uh, of shows. She was in the touring companies and stuff too. Yeah, super funny. Yep. And we played cards together on the weekends. Mm -hmm. We we hung out a lot. So I felt pretty comfortable being so you like, Hovde, yes, F and you FYI, knew say, yeah. please consider me. Um, and and he's that's like, something sure. that some people, because there are stories where someone's like, oh, I didn't know you'd be interested. Yeah. And again, we're all interested. At of that. course. If you haven't worked there and you're in Chicago, you're probably interested. Yeah. Susan will say she wasn't interested for a long time, and maybe she wasn't, but really? eventually oh became God. it. Well, she was the queen of the annoyance for a yeah, while. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. Uh, but again, even she uh, relented and worked there eventually. But yeah, so I because of that call, I don't I don't remember if he like he was like it was just like yeah, hey, this is yours, or if it was like you said you were interested, do you still want to do it? Because um, some time elapsed between sure. those. And calls. so you were hired for campaign Supernova. Yeah. And you did that show. Yeah, and and. That was a pretty good show that ran. You didn't run, do the whole run of the show, though. I did almost the whole run. You did almost the yeah. whole run. I was there nine months, ten months. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought for some reason somebody ran a little of your show, too. But Christina probably, Anthony did come in for me at the very end, but when they were flipping it. She had already yeah. been cast. Yeah. So that was kind of the opposite thing where you're you're in the next show, we'll just put you yeah. in. And that might not, yeah. And they yeah. don't think as much about the match probably in that case. I don't think so, no. Be it's interesting. 
it's interesting you uh, because you had a piece in there, a monologue with a plastic bag. And I wonder, I'm just in my head wondering if it was read differently by the audience when Christina did oh, it versus yeah. you. Christina Anthony is an African-American yeah. woman. She, she's on a show that's uh, yeah, on a network. Yeah, mixed, Mixed-ish, I think. That's it, right. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you I did a monologue about cheapness, essentially, uh-huh. <laughs> how a plastic bag was your purse and you yeah. had all this stuff. And, and you proved kind of the point of what's the use of having a purse, really, <laughs> I think it's, the end result of yeah. it. It was in my ode to Susie Orman, who I still yes, love. Like yes. all of her financial tips being like, oh my God, what are you doing? You need to, I, I sound like Sharna You could be right sure now. Susie Orman does not use a plastic bag for a purse. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> I had tips on that. And then the one that always, I was so glad I was able to work this into that monologue. The idea that has always fascinated me is the idea of putting on a nice outfit and standing at a valet and stealing someone's car. You know, being oh, like, yes. Oh, yes, I'm the valet. And that was one of my, that was my closing tip, I remember, to get a nice car. Yeah. Be like, just buy a nice outfit and there's your car. And it could happen <laughs> so easily. In LA, more than any place. Yeah. No one's paying attention to anything here you could make a sandwich board that says valet nobody's gonna question there's probably it. people who wouldn't even go after the car <laughs> they'd be like uh have it, bring the tesla <laughs> just hit the tesla it'll drive up to us <laughs> forget it forget the beamer it's gone um you so want to file an insurance claim nothing nah. nah we don't have insurance <laughs> we don't need it we just pay it all off we own the hospital so <laughs> it doesn't matter so what was your thought process here? Because, again, in the intro, I talk about how sometimes there'll be a conflict, maybe, or just a d- director's choice, or, again, you know, a, a temper tantrum. Yeah. But, but none of that was happening with you. But I do think, again, after kind of being, experiencing what you did, then getting the feedback that you yeah. did versus your, your experience, yeah. I would think, again, having a little sarcasm and ever it's like fuck you <laughs> a little bit of fuck you did any of that play into it or were you just ready to move um like why did you do, decide to just great, do the I, one show i think it was some certainly anger at the treatment i felt that i you know so young about like how dare you do sure. this to me i i guess that's the young part of me it was my favorite job ever like i loved it and I would have loved to write a ton more, but I was also, beyond the anger part, I was really concerned about my age um, in coming to L.A. Coming to L.A. Well, and yes. I, I remember having talks with people about that, being like, oh, my God, it doesn't matter. And I was like, God, I think it does, though. I have, like, no credits to, in TV at right, all. Right, TV credits, because they're, right around the time we moved, TV st- Moves into Chicago. Yes, I know. And you could have built up those credits there. Of course. It's it's like premature worrying, I guess. But I I mean, I think, and here's my sarcasm again, I I am like, face the freaking facts that when you're in L.A. and you're a woman, you're done working when you're 45, unless you're a character actress. Yes, unless you're playing the teacher or, yes, unless you have, you you, fit into Mrs. Claus. You know, you've got something where <laughs> like, it's like every the, Christmas you can be Mrs. Claus if like, you're 50. Yes, or you're like the mangled, like weird, yes. like witch lady right. or something that I'm Homeless missing woman, all my- Homeless <laughs> woman, mentally ill woman. And, and hey, I'll play any of those sure. roles. I'm happy to take any of them. Jane Morris has a nun. <laughs> yes. She, she she plays them all. is awesome. She's awesome. But th- yeah, that, um, that I was just concerned of like, I knew that in general casting saw me, like Greg Mills would always be like, you're the ingenue. I'm like, I hate the ingenue. Right. I don't want to be the ingenue. Right. I'm the ingenue in the comedy world. I'm not when you put me in the acting world. That's like, true. I'm just not. And so I was you're like- You're the comedian in the acting yes. world. Everybody, like, whatever they are in the improv or comedy world, you're just the comedy in the <laughs> acting world when you move up to it. 100%. Because no, no, no improviser or comedian- is above an eight. Oh, gosh. <laughs> eight is our, I, I, you, just absolutely. by being funny. You yeah. can't be a nine or ten I, I if might you're even really go funny. lower. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know, maybe six. True. Maybe six. If yeah, they're in so shape. I, I would, yeah, <laughs> maybe we'll give you a seven. Yeah. I, yeah, I was very aware of like, oh, I feel old and I feel like concerned I don't have credits and I wanted to get started on yeah. all of that. And that was a long, long journey. And I still, you know, I, I, I think it was a, if I could give advice to that self, I would have been like, just stay and keep working. Right, because, something might come out of that. Yes, yes. Um, I think it was not the greatest choice. And good things came by moving at that time. I did a one-woman show in L.A. when I arrived here that Allison Jones saw, who's like a really 
and she cast you casting yes, agent yes. here in LA and she has cast me in a ton of stuff. Yes. I'm always in small parts. Sure, but but, but, but in a lot me. of different things and yes. that has filled out your resume. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she likes me for some reason. Uh, <laughs> oh, if you're no. listening, Allison, <laughs> been 11 years since the last time I was in that office there. I'd love to see you again. Uh, the office, speaking of the office, that's the only thing I, I think I auditioned for there. Yes. Anyway, uh, still love you. Yeah. Allison Jones. Um, I really, she's great. But so she it, is, yes. So, and so she wouldn't have seen helpful. me if I hadn't moved at that time. So I look back and I'm like, well, that's cool. I, yeah. you know, but and, I. And you yeah. don't know. That's I don't. the thing. Yeah. You know, like we'll have Kayeti on in a few weeks here, a guy who got hired by Mad TV. And then Mad TV didn't last very yeah. long. And he had, he had been wondering whether to stay at Second City or go to Mad TV before. These things, you know, it, you, just, you don't you know. You don't know. Yeah. And so. I, one, one thing I will say is no matter what your age is, if you're listening to this and you're thinking of moving to L.A., you should have moved five years ago. Because, <laughs> like, again, Scarlett Johansson, uh, she's like a child actor. I like, know. everyone you see who's a big star, you can find them in a freaking tuna commercial at 12. A hundred Why they have 12-year-olds in a tuna commercial, I don't know. But, like... 12-year-olds love tuna. Th- like, there are Hollywood market. lifers. Yeah, and actually, the one of the producers of this, Mark Measures, uh, said to me, he's actually given me the best career advice, and it's never, it's never what I want to hear, but it's always honest. And and like he, he's like, not everybody can be a lead in a movie, not because of the acting necessarily. It's the other Hollywood stuff that yeah. goes with it, yeah, and being part of the culture of Hollywood. Which I think is why people who were, you know, they like people who were in it since they were kids because they know they might have to sit for five hours. Yeah. And they, you know, like they are built into the system and all the good and bad of it is part of them. I think that's, I don't, I don't particularly like that because I'm not a child actor. No, no, I know. But I do think it's a part of the, the system. So your thinking in that way is right. And in the years after you were there, the cast both went younger and started staying for much shorter times. Yeah, it, it was that shift and it sort of has played into like, you know, this this weird time gap that I was in where, you know, I thought you had to do a certain thing and then suddenly Saturday Night Live is hiring people off TikTok. And, you know, the, the shift is so extreme from like that one paper I wrote in college yeah. where it was like, go to Chicago, study improv patiently yes, for five years yes. and then you do this. You're right. And just having what honestly should happen is you should do your years at SNL and then if you want to get better at comedy, then do Second City. Yeah, because, yeah. Because if you want, you know, young people to do parody and everything, but you want to keep it young and, and, and topical, sure. that's fine. But if you want to do social satire yeah. and commentary, yep. you need people who what have lived a little What Second City originally life. was, yes, yes. And, and that's the balance is like, what are they trying to serve? Do they want to be star maker? Or do they want to continue to serve that community? And and you balance the line, but it's not like they weren't getting people hired on shows yes, when, when the actors pri- were in the 30s. Yes, prior to that, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was, I don't know, I say about now, like young people have so much knowledge. They have so much knowledge and like zero wisdom. I'm like, I'm going to get letters for that, no, but I'm but, like, but you are, you're making so, you have, you have more knowledge than I could have ever asked for at the internet. Like you can, you can figure out how to do anything. You can learn anything you can read, but it doesn't mean that you have a ton of life experience. And I look back at second city times is like, I learned so much about yes. comedy by doing so many shows, and not just Second City, Chicago. Yes. By being, I always tell people, like, I did so many shows that I feel like I've experienced most things where, like, somebody died in the front row. I'm like, right. I, I had yeah. that in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I had on DL, like, get injured within a show. And what do you do when an actor you're on stage is with hurt. is hurt and you yeah. got to keep the show going? How do you do it? Like, I, I learned so much by yeah. doing. And that's just not something by making a TikTok video that goes viral and then you're on Saturday Night Live. You just don't have the same no, experience. No, no. And the, and the process of doing a TikTok is often just instantaneous and, and impulsive. And <laughs> writing satire, like, yeah. you put thought into it and you're considering things, maybe even reading something. <laughs> And so, and again, we are sounding very old here. I know. But I mean, everyone, again, I have an 18-year-old daughter, so the balance of being an adult and not knowing anything, it's right in front of me all the time. Yeah. She's constantly giving herself tattoos. <laughs> I mean, you know this. I can talk I to see, you about I this. It's ridiculous. I just say, pace yourself. Yeah. You only have so much flesh. Uh, but. Yeah. All right. So, you're right. We, we, we've learned all the, these lessons. and. And again, you're, you were maybe one of the first to do that, but you were not the last because yeah. again, people were 
and Second City was providing more. People were getting managers. We left a little bit before yes, that. Yes. But they were getting the whole deal yeah. where you get the you get it on your resume, yep. you get it yeah. with a manager, you might get a couple credits in Chicago. Yep. I didn't get any we of didn't that. Get, we yeah. did the work. We did the work. They're, they're standing I, on our backs. <laughs> My back is broken. Yeah. Um, but, and I'll just say this, since Second City, there's a picture because it came up, Jim Belushi, you met him maybe through one of the sets, right? Uh, he did a couple sets with us on main stage. Yes. I, I met him there. I talked to Molly about that part yeah. of it, and when Jim comes on, I'll tell him. But you met him through that. I and met Tim Meadows through those awesome, sets. So, awesome. again, we both have done shows after our Second City years with those people yep. because, because of Second of City. Their, yeah, of yeah. So that's, and, you know. and with Jim in particular, Rob Belushi brought him to some shows I did here in L.A. Mm. and reestablished that connection yeah. that was initially made in Chicago. Yeah. I must say, if I get Belushi on here, maybe that's a family thing because his kid is in the same dorm as my kid in college. Yep. It's crazy. Jared. And you yeah. know him. It, there's yeah. a lot of cross... The yeah. Belushis and yeah. the Canales. And he has of- opinions on me, too, that I'd love <laughs> to have him put down on, on tape. So oh, my maybe, God. Maybe you can help me get yes, that. Yes, for uh, sure. For sure. And uh, thank you for coming in. Thanks it for wasn't this great just talk. A was that seriously favorite? an hour already? My God. I think wow. it was about. Wow. I think it was. So yeah, nice. Any last things you want to add? Thanks for having me. This went by so fast. No problem. It was great. It was very fun. Thank you, Megan Grano. Thanks for listening to another episode of Second Citizens. I'm your host, Joe Canale, asking you nicely to follow us on Twitter at Second Citizens or on Instagram at Second Citizens Pod. Also, since you're listening, why don't you give us a five-star rating and any kind of review that you like, good or bad, as long as that rating is five-star. And if it's a funny enough review, maybe I'll even read it in an episode. I don't fear insults.